Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, this is Faye Hollands and welcome to episode 33 of the Busy Business Women podcast. And I'm super excited to have the wonderful Melinda Kitto from melindakitto.com with us today. And if you're watching the video, Mel, give us a wave. We are <laughs> recording this as well today. So if you listen to the podcast and you want to see what Mel looks like, just head over to the show notes and you can do that. Uh, <laughs> or you can just happily carry on listening. So before we let Mel have a speaking part, I'm going to tell you all about her because she's wonderful. Mel has been touted as a messaging genius, and she is. She is the go-to person in her circle of friends to craft the perfect reply to the cute guy on Tinder, which I really could have done with about 12 years ago because I did meet my husband on RSVP, but that's a whole other story. Mel realized very early on that she had a knack for using words to get great results. Now, as an online business and messaging strategist, Mel works with female coaches, consultants, and online service providers who know they can create an incredible transformation in their clients' lives, but struggle to actually articulate what they do in a compelling way. I know, I've been there, I get it. Her mission is to help these brilliant businesswomen nail their marketing message in a way that cuts through the bullshit and noise online and makes the right people sit up and say, oh my God, I need that. Mel lives down the road to me in Wollongong with her husband and two beautiful boys, and let's not forget Barkley the dog, and <laughs> which is not weaving magic with words or juggling all the balls of business and motherhood. She loves nothing more than a night in with the girls, glass of red in hand, and a cheese board at her fingertips. I think you all know why I've got her on the podcast today. So Mel, I'm super stoked to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Faye. I'm so excited to do this outside of the school pickup yard, by the way. <laughs> How good's that? Mel and I's children go to the same school, and actually our young, uh, well, your oldest, my youngest are in the same class. So we often have these very disjointed, quick conversations in the schoolyard, and I'm just super stoked that we get like an hour together to talk business and your guru space, which I am genuinely really excited to have you on here. So I've got a bucket load of questions for you today. I'm going to just jump straight in and get started with those because I want to squeeze you like a sponge and get (laughs) as much goodness as we can out of you today for all our fabulous listeners. Okay. Let's let's do it. All right. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about your business journey first of all. When did you decide to become your own boss and why? And, you know, we like to keep it real and raw on this podcast. What's the reality been like for you over that time? Great question. And the answer is I never decided to be my own boss. Ah, (laughs) Um, It's happened. Yeah, literally. I've just, I've had one of those careers where I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so straight out of high school, I was like, you know, I got accepted into university, but it didn't feel like what I really wanted to do. So I was just like, I'm just going to start working and we'll just see what happens. Mm. And then I just followed my nose and all of my little career shifts and changes and all those little decisions. I just kept on going, I don't know if this is right, but I'm just going to follow my nose and see where it takes me. And that's exactly how like that path twisted and turned. And then I ended up being my own boss through no fault of my own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So essentially like I, Uh, when my oldest boy Toby was born he was about four months old and then a business opportunity landed in my lap 
And I'm not ashamed to admit that was a network marketing opportunity. And ah. before then, business had never crossed my mind, but I'm like, well, hey, I've got all this time on my hand now that I have a four-month-old. Why don't I start a business? <laughs> that sounds like fun. And, yeah, so that's how my business journey kind of actually evolved where I took all of these skills that I had learnt through my career just by following my nose and then all of a sudden, oh, well, here's a business. Why don't I have a crack at that? And yep. it wasn't too long before that opportunity just opened my eyes to online business as a whole and, and what you could really do when you, you know, stand on your own two feet and make something that is your own. So I yeah. dropped that side of things and started my own side of things and, and here we are. But you're asking how the reality has been. You know, I think it's um, we have this real love-hate relationships with our business sometimes where we love it but it also kills us, you know. Yeah. And really that's been the experience of just you know, I could never, I feel like I could never go back to employed work anymore. I think, I've, you know, you, you get a taste of what life looks like on the other side and I, I can't imagine myself going back. So I love it to death, but at the same time, oh, it's a tricky little thing that we're over here trying uh, to... I completely agree. I'm completely unemployable now after 12 years, so that's not going to happen. But I agree, yeah. it's a roller coaster love-hate yeah. and the hate days can be tough. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's it's... I've had this conversation with my clients a lot. Like they're, everybody gets to those different stages in their business where they want to throw in the towel and just go, oh, you know, it's too hard, too much. And I'm like, yeah, but can, what does that other side look like? And do you really <laughs> want that? And I think so often, like as much as we can struggle and as much as it is difficult, we know that we're never going to give this up because it's, it's yeah. that little seed that plants itself deep in your heart. And unfortunately, it's really hard to dig it out. So <laughs> Completely. I mean, full confession, there have been times where I found myself on seek and whatever the other boards are now. And, oh, that's it. I'm going to go back and be employed because this has got to be easier and this shit's too tough. And, and then the next day, and, we, you know, I've talked about managing your emotions in business a lot, but then the next day you get a win from a client or a new client signs up or something happens and suddenly you're back in love with your business is the best thing you ever did yeah. and you can't imagine giving it up. Yeah. But how you can go from one to the other in the space of 24 hours is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but we wouldn't give it up. No, Let's no, not at all. Buckle so in and enjoy the ride. Now? You've been, so you've been your own boss for kind of five years? He's just turned seven, actually. So oh, just so coming up to seven years. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I'm forgetting our kids aren't in kindy anymore. <laughs> I'm losing years as we go. All right. So it's been a while. Hmm. What Since you've been your own boss, what are three-ish uh, biggest challenges that you've experienced as a business owner? And I'm keen to know how you overcame those. Yeah, um... So, I mean, like there's an obvious one, which would be time management, you know, like when you have, I've got two little boys and at, for a long period, I was juggling part-time work as well as, you know, the rest of motherhood and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, time management has always been a real challenge for me of how do you, how do you grow and how do you, um, you know, dedicate time to being a good mom as well as being a, you know, a productive business person and, you know, when you're in the grind of really building things and getting traction, it, it can really be overwhelming. So I'd say that's probably yeah. one of the bigger challenges um, that I had. And I guess how I got over that was just cutting myself some slack. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard when you're a very um, driven and motivated person. And also when you're the kind of person who is used to doing quite well, which I'm sure you and a lot of your listeners can relate to, like we're high performance yeah. women, we're used to doing a good job. And so it can be really hard to kind of go, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job here. Yeah. 
but I really had to just cut myself some slack and say, this is the season of my life where I have to juggle both. And I really had to accept that at this time in my life and in this time in my business, I need to accept that it's okay to grow gradually. Mm. I had this real attachment to the idea of like coming out of the gates and exploding and going from zero to 200K in three seconds flat. Like I really, um, I believed in myself and my ability to have that story. But then I think that story also terrified the crap out of me of like, oh my God, imagine if that did happen. I believed that it could, but I was also terrified by the prospect of that actually happening because, oh, how would I even be able to handle that? Like I only work three days a week and all of that kind of stuff. So I just needed to kind of accept, you know what, right now, gradual is good. Gradual is something I can handle and just cutting myself some slack and knowing that at some point, you know, my youngest will be in school next year. And that just, the the idea of having five days is going to be (laughs) life-changing. It is life-changing. Let me tell you, it's amazing. (laughs) So time management would be one. And then I think the other one was really just, just mindset. Like the, what the roadblocks that we put in our own way and the, you know, the fears and the doubts and all of that stuff that, makes us second guess, makes us question. Like I've, I've really struggled with mindset um, over the course of this journey and mm. you know, trying to figure out why I can't do this or why I'm struggling or, you know, why these fears keep on, keep on taking over. So yeah, mindset would be the other biggie, like time management and just getting out of my own way when it comes to, you know, yeah. my beliefs and, and what I think I can really do. I love that. It's like a breath of fresh air. I'm really pleased you brought that up because first of all, productivity is my thing, right? So I get very excited when someone says about anything to do with time management, <laughs> but I really want to hone in on what you said about, um, you know, recognizing the season we're in, in our life. You put that beautifully because you have a much better way with words than me. Um, and I have really struggled with that. I think we, you know, that we're very similar personalities in many ways. And I had this figure in my head and it was actually, um, it was 350k and it was the amount that one of my bosses many years ago in London used to earn. Mm. And I had that in my head as that amount of money because that person was very successful. That's what I needed to earn to prove to myself that that was my success. And I had all of this attachment around this bloody number Mm. and then didn't really take into any consideration where I was at with my life. Um, the fact that I was a woman with children, juggling so many different balls Mm. and the frustration that would come up from not getting to that bench, this random ridiculous benchmark that I'd given myself um, and how that meant that I was then not a success because I, you know, I'd left this corporate world so I should be able to earn that money as a business owner Mm. despite the massive differences between the two and that I should earn it in a very specific time frame. Trying to be in a race to get somewhere that didn't fit where I was at in my life Mm. and I've done a lot of mindset work and it's taken me a long time to feel comfortable with where I'm at in my journey and it's okay to keep pushing and striving for what you want but be realistic and kind to yourself yeah and also I think what you said there about it's not just about fear of failure it's a fear of success if you reach that point what's that going to look like for you and does that scare you does that worry that it's going to worry you that it's going to ruin everything that you've got that you love in your business already and that's a big reality for a lot of women yeah and it, it was partly like would I ruin my relationships? Would my kids never see me if I was that successful? But it was also like, am I even going to be able to handle that? Like, can I even maintain that? Or maybe I'll get that benchmark that I, you know, that 
arbitrary number that we set as like, this is when I hit this, that equals success. Like, what if I get there and then it all falls away? Like, isn't that worse? You know? So it's, it's really all this junk that we grapple with that is just like, where does that come from and why? And I I really, when I sat down and thought about why I had that arbitrary number in my head as to this equals success and doing it in this timeframe equals success, to be really honest with you, that came down to, I wanted to be special. I wanted to have that story that people said, oh, wow, she did what? Like, where did she come from? I just wanted to have that that story that made me special and made people go, wow, isn't that amazing? Isn't she amazing? Totally ego driven. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of work around that once I actually realized that was part of the problem. And it's just amazing when you kind of release the attachment to those stories and me actually just saying, you know what, it's okay for it to be gradual. And and that story doesn't need to be mine. And in fact, that story is exactly what's holding me back because as much as I want that, I don't want it at the same time. And really just giving myself permission to grow gradually is actually what allowed me to go much faster. Oh, I love that. So many of our listeners right now are watching this video are going to be nodding their heads and going, thank you, Mel. Thank you. You've just taken an enormous amount of pressure off my shoulders and you've articulated it beautifully. Thank you. All right. Well, look, let's talk about hindsight, right? Uh, If you were to start your business from scratch again, knowing what you know, is there anything that you would do differently? This is a really interesting question and I sat with this one thinking about how I would answer it because I know that this question is usually asked and people are usually listening to the answer in order to go, okay, what are the pitfalls that I need to avoid in order to get there faster? And so a simple answer would be I I know the exact thing that turned my business around and made made me go from uh, struggling and not getting any kind of traction to all of a sudden everything clicking into place and my business moving forward much faster. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk about this all the time. It's the same experience for me, getting clarity on my niche and choosing a specific angle to work from. When I made that decision, everything clicked into place like clockwork and things really started to fly for me. And I should just say, sorry to interrupt there, but I've watched you evolve and grow through that because Mel and I met at a networking event, oh, like probably like five or so years ago. So where you're at now versus where you were is wildly different. And Mm. I can see how that's clicked. And now people know what you're doing, you're doing brilliantly. So it's definitely there, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And for me, that decision was something like, oh, now finally, now I know what I'm doing. Like I'd just been, you know, throwing crap against the wall and seeing what stuck before then. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I've got something. And then I got really excited. And Load sticking. <laughs> it stuck. <laughs> um, so that was one of the big turning points. And in hindsight, if I had got to that turning point faster, I would have saved myself a whole lot of time and heartache and money um, and difficult conversations with the husband. Yeah. But... In saying that, if I had found that realisation earlier, it wouldn't have meant so much and I wouldn't have really understood the value of what I now had my hands on. And so what I've really learnt in business is that, you know, we can try to avoid pitfalls but really you need to embrace the pitfalls because they are giving you the exact lessons that you need and the exact tools to work through those challenges that you are going to need further down the track. Because I struggled so much with my own messaging when I was first starting out in business. 
And then when I figured it out and it all clipped, that's when my business took off. And so if I hadn't had that challenge, I wouldn't now be able to say to my clients, when you get this sorted, this will be it. This can make the entire difference for for everything that you're doing because I know you've got all the strategy in place. And if we can just get this to click, like I can say that with authority now because that was my experience and that was the experience of so many of my other clients. But if I hadn't had the challenge first, I wouldn't be so passionate about it. I wouldn't believe in my own work as much as I do now because I wouldn't have seen the transformation it can truly give people. So don't try to avoid these pitfalls. Don't run headlong into them, by the way. But, you know, if, if you find yourself in that period of struggle or that period, you know, you have a difficult client who presents this huge issue that you've got to work through, whatever it is, don't be discouraged by the fact that you're in that challenge. Like you should be like, awesome, like whatever this has been given to me for a very clear reason and I'm going to learn something or figure something out that is going to serve me further down the track. So thank you for yeah. like landing me in this position. This is giving me exactly what I need. So Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's about, you know, sitting in that uncomfortable space and working through that instead of trying to jump out of it and find your comfort zone quickly mm. because then you're eventually going to end up in that, in that painful place again and possibly just keep jumping in and out of it. You know, um, there's some kind of story and analogy around that, but you get my point. Yeah. At some point you've got to just languish in the uncomfortableness to get the message and to move on. And it ties in nice with what we were just saying about having your own pace of your journey and and going with that because if we rush and race it and we've got this view on what success looks like we miss those learnings Mm. and it sounds very kind of life coachy to say that but I think there's absolute um, power in saying well I'm in this kind of tricky situation right now and actually need to hold the space for that and take what I need to learn from it otherwise Mm. I'm not going to move forward I'm going to keep tripping over this same problem which coming back to specifically your point about niching you know I think every podcast this is number 33 every podcast (laughs) I've somehow ranted about niche I'm not going to get Maranti pants on but it's a topic that comes up every time for an important reason right and I agree with you if I had I had made the same mistake year after year it wasn't a quick process to get out of for me Mm. if I hadn't done that I wouldn't be so ranty pants about it now because I know how important it is exactly Thank you. Awesome hindsight. Okay. So we've, we've touched briefly on productivity before, but I'd love to know, you know, you've got two young kids, you've got a husband to manage, a dog to deal with, same as me. So along with running your own business, I know you've got a lot of balls to juggle. Mm. What tactics, strategies, you know, apps, anything that you use, what do you use to be as productive as you possibly can and manage your time smartly? I'm the worst role model in this area. Like you should not be asking me this question. I'm like going red, even just attempting to answer this in front of the productivity queen because hey look if it's one little snippet there's one thing on your phone you use or you just turn everything off and chill out and that makes you rested and zen like I'm happy (laughs) well okay so my one of the things that I had to really embrace in my own struggles in business was that this is not my forte uh productivity organization is not my strength I've had a number of sessions with productivity and organizational people and tried to get help in this area. And if you looked at the recording of one of these sessions, I remember it distinctly. Like I looked at my own video at one point and I was like, like, (laughs) I just had this look of, Oh my God, like this is just, it's just not the way that my brain naturally works. And so when it comes to productivity, one of the things that I really learned is, was to not try and force myself into somebody else's system or somebody else's box, because that's when my creativity really got stifled and where 
I just felt a bit trapped or a bit. Yeah. And then I ended up failing anyway, because inevitably I wouldn't follow it. So I'd spend all this time planning and systemizing, and then I wouldn't follow it because it didn't feel right. So um, my biggest thing was like to not ignore your natural tendencies. Yeah. And I will say, I, I do need to continue to improve in this area. So it's, it's not like, oh, just wing it and you'll be fine. Like I, there comes a point in your business where you actually need to get some more structure in, in place. And I'm, I'm certainly at that point now. But I guess the biggest thing for me was relaxing my need to do things properly and really lean into the way that I naturally work. I do work best last minute. That's when all these creative ideas pop out. And I'm like, man, if I had sat there and planned that, that idea never would have come. Yep. And I guess just you know, put some parameters in place that make things easy for you. I think that's a real bit like just don't overcomplicate things. You know, you look at somebody's plan and there's a bazillion steps. I'm all for finding the easiest path. Like what is the fastest viable way of getting this webinar up there? I don't want to make slides. Screw doing slides. I'm just going to do my face. That's fine with me. You know, what are the easiest ways for me to get this done? And knowing that that's actually not just good enough, but that's perfect for me because that's going to allow my best work to really come through. Well, and it's running your business the way you want to run it, isn't it? Instead of trying to mould into what something somebody else does. And yeah. I think that's an awesome point because a lot of clients will say to me, all right, Faye, what planners do you use? How do you structure your day? What does your diary look like? And I'll share all of that, but you've absolutely hit the nail on the head that it's about finding the system, the process, whatever way you want to term it that works for you. And so I can, and we talk about it in the productivity project that we're launching next month on just, we're going to, I'm going to equip you with the knowledge and the skills and the technology and the processes, but we're going to work out what this looks like for your business and not just take a cookie cutter approach of this is how I work because I'm fast paced and a little bit crazy sometimes. So the way that I work is not necessarily going to float everybody's boat. And then when you try and follow that, if it's, doesn't lean into your natural tendencies you're going to hate it and not follow Mm. through at all with it so there you go you might not be the productivity queen but far out that tips absolutely on the money so thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's talk evolution now I know you know we've talked about how your business has evolved over the years Mm. um can you tell me why that's happened and how those changes I mean we're kind of backtracking a little bit but how those changes have helped you get to where you are today because I I was talking about kind of you know five or six years ago your business was in a different place to what it is today yeah how did you how did that evolution happen um so perhaps because I'm not a planner (laughs) um I often found myself in situations where this is not okay anymore um so you know somebody might sit down and do a five-year business plan and anticipate some of the pitfalls that are going to come along the way and I i guess I kind of knew, but maybe just didn't actually want to look at that or acknowledge that or thought I will, I'll figure that out when I come to it. But again, that actually really served me because, um, the evolution of my current business is I faffed around and struggled for quite a while when I was trying to get traction and trying to figure out what I was even doing. And then I locked in on my, my niche, my angle, and then things started clicking into place. And I started getting those one-on-one clients um, and that the ball started to really roll. Yeah. And then I got to a point of like, oh crap. <laughs> I had a real influx of clients at one point in my business. This was maybe about maybe May last year-ish, where all of a sudden all of these people all came at once. They all paid in full, which was amazing. But then I was like, 
oh, I'm fully, like, in fact, I overbooked myself. So I took on too many clients. I work three days a week in school hours. So I don't have a whole lot of hours available to take client calls, let alone do all the rest of it. And so I had massively overbooked myself. I had 14 one-on-one clients for that amount of limited hours. You can imagine the the Mm. workload. And and they had all paid me in full, which was great on one hand, but I'm like, there is zero way for me to make money for the next four months. Yeah. Because they've all paid me and I can't take on anybody else. There are no more hours. And I was like, okay. So that really sparked the next evolution in my business. And that's like, I need to now be much more leveraged in my time. Mm. And that was where my current group program was born out of that real need of like, I can't service this many people, but I'm going to cap my income unless I do something about this. So, um, I I pulled a group program launch out of my backside in two weeks and launched this thing. I'm like, let's just have a crack. I don't know if this will work, but we'll have a go. And luckily that having a crack was a a huge success, both in the delivery of the program and, you know, sales and all that kind of thing. And that's, that really just sparked a shift in my business to really cut back on the one-on-one time. So now maximum I'm three or four one-on-one clients at a time. And then I really pour a lot of my time and energy into that, that group program. And so that was kind of that, that first really big evolution in my business. And I'm actually now facing another evolution where, you know, mm. now it's time to really start to leverage and scale. And, and, and I just need to start doing things differently that there's less of me in my business and answering every question. I need to just start to pull myself out of things a little bit and just find ways that I can still deliver that kind of exceptional results for my clients, but doing it in a way that I can actually grow and, and scale. So all of those evolutions have just come out of necessity where I've got myself to a point of going, this is not viable anymore. I need to make this switch and really just continuing to ask myself the question of how do I want my business to look and how do I want to feel in my business on a day-to-day basis? What do I want to be doing? What do I not want to be doing? And how can I structure my business to allow that to happen? Yeah, I love it. So it's, I mean, you know, it's not that it's been planned, is it? It's that there's become, there's these stages where there's been friction in your business that's made you look and reassess and kind of step up to the next stage. And I think as business owners, so often we kind of think that, you know, in an ideal world, we would have those evolutions mapped out and know how we're going to deal with them. But the reality for most people, and certainly for me as well, is we just come to that point where it is time to make a shift and it comes from the pain that we're going through that kind of blister that's rubbing in our business that mm. says, okay, now you need to do something differently. Otherwise you're going to be stuck in this position that's maybe quite painful at the moment. Exactly. And they're good blisters to have um, if there's ever such a thing as a good blister. <laughs> but, you know, you you don't want to be wearing that blister for too long. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't even know why I'm onto blisters now, but that's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> We're stuck with the analogy. We've just got to keep digging in. (laughs) And now I'm thinking about the amazing red shoes that you've got in your photo. So for for our listeners, and we can't show the shoes right now for the people watching, but Mel has these amazing red shoes in some of her branding photos. You've got to go to the website and have a look. And I absolutely love them with a passion. I I can't look at them without thinking blisters. Every (laughs) single time I share one of those photos, like 30 comments, like, oh, my God, those shoes. And I'm like, (laughs) if only knew, they were like the last pair in the $20 bargain basement (laughs) bin in this store. And I was like, I'm just going to buy them for the photo shoot. They were the most uncomfortable rubbish shoes ever. They're never going to be worn again. So I could, you know, auction them off and get a ton of money for people who are interested in these shoes. (laughs) I've seen that. I've seen people just comment, oh, my God, because I've done the same 
tell you, she's lovely. And every time now, I wrote about productivity blisters in business this morning that I posted in my group and I put red shoes and I think of your shoes every time. Like it's such good branding. It's a real trigger. Anyway, I digress. That's the usual, but I'll take it. (laughs) Okay, so let's get on to your guru space messaging, right? Your guru space is absolutely, without a doubt, helping women entrepreneurs really nail their messaging. What are the three biggest faux pas messaging mistakes that you see business owners make when it comes to getting their message out there? And I'm sure that there are a multitude more than three, but what are your top three? Cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I'll just mention first before I get into those mistakes is I want to make sure people are really clear on what messaging is. Because yes. I know we, we talk about this idea a lot and I think a lot of times people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to work on my message, but aren't really sure what that actually means. Mm-hmm. And it can get a bit confused with other ideas. So a lot of the time messaging and copywriting is really put in the same bucket, like that I need to work on my messaging, I need to write better copy, which is certainly part of it. Um, But for me, messaging is your entire means of communication. It's how do you communicate the value of what you do in clear and compelling language that makes the right people sit up and pay attention. So that is in your writing, absolutely, but it's also in how you communicate on video. It's how you communicate on podcasts. It's how you communicate in a sales conversation. Like how do you articulate and convey the value of what you do and it's it's more than just communication as well because you can be a great communicator you can you know be engaging and you know all that sort of thing but messaging is really about getting that person to take a particular action to share your message but have that inspire them compel them to then take next step book that call download that freebie so yeah messaging is really like the deliberate articulation of of what you want people to do. So I guess one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making when it comes to messaging is there's this real temptation to lead with the solution that you provide. So the tool that you use, whether that's being a coach, whether that's a, you know, NLP or hypnotherapy, like the tool that it is that you use to affect that transformation or leading with the particular solution that you have, you know, maybe you're a you work in weight loss and there's a particular approach to losing weight that you are really amazing at. There's this real tendency to lead with, oh my God, I've got this amazing approach. You've never seen it before. It's going to totally change your life. And so we lead with what we think the solution is. But unfortunately, people don't really give a shit about your solution. (laughs) That's That's not what they're concerned about. They're not We don't sit there and go, let me read every single thing in case it might be relevant for me. Mm. And so they don't know that your solution is relevant for for them. And you really need to make sure that you're leading with what is actually relevant to them, which is their problem, what is going on for them and and that, that sticky situation that they find themselves in. Because if you lead with that, that makes sense to them. That is what they know. And then you can make that link across to what you're actually going to do about it. But until you make that link, they don't give a shit about 
that end of the spectrum because, you know, you and 500 million other people could potentially help me with this. <laughs> it's so true because how often do you see people launch into, and this is particularly in the you know, service-based space, launch into an offer about their logistics. You know, they're talking about you're going to get 12 coaching sessions or you're going to get this online private VIP Facebook group. And you're right, you know, people don't care about that delivery, that solution, the logistics of it when yeah. you haven't even connected with the problem that they've got. Exactly. Like you see people leading with, you know, here's a, a free 45-minute coaching session. And it's like, oh, thank goodness it's not 30 minutes. Like <laughs> that makes all the difference. I'm totally signing up. I get an extra 15 minutes with like yeah. Who cares about the 45-minute coaching session? I just want to lose weight and I want to lose it quick. Exactly. So, you <laughs> know, you want to do. So that's definitely mistake number one is, is being too caught up in your own tool or your own approach when that's not what they care about at all. Yeah. Um, the second one would be trying to be a bit too clever, you know. I, I never have that problem. <laughs> no, of course not. I was, I was going to be really insulting then, Faye, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that <laughs> to you. Here, come well. <laughs> Um, yeah, sometimes we feel like in order to stand out, we need to be real fancy or we need to find fun and unique ways of explaining what it is that we do. And so people will like, you know, come up with these really convoluted explanations for, you know, um, I'm a restful rejuvenation consultant when it's really like I help people with their sleep. Yeah, you know, like we just come up with these fancy ways or sometimes we'll like smoosh words together like Brangelina style and <laughs> we all know how that worked out, right? Like <laughs> we're sometimes like trying to just make what we do sound really clever because that's what will make us stand out. But it's not. That just creates confusion. So the second biggest mistake is trying to be too clever instead of being clear. If you think about how like people say, oh, so what do you do? And you go, oh, well, I'm la 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 and whatever that sounds like. And then people usually say, oh, so what does that mean? And then you give them the real answer. Yeah. Like, why don't you just say that they're like, okay, so what does that even mean? Oh, well, it just means that I help people with their sleep. Why don't you just say that? Like you don't need to be clever. You just need to be clear. And then they'll go, oh, wow, I could really use your help. <laughs> Do you know what? That's so interesting and absolutely spot on, of course, because I think first up, you've just given permission for people to be simple and God, life is too complicated in so many ways. So how nice is it to know that you can go ahead and be simple? But also if I think back to when I first started my first business, so we're literally going back about 11 and a half years ago, going to networking events. And I remember, you know, this is when I was building my toolkit of how to be a business owner. I remember hearing somebody talk and them saying, you know, with your elevator pitch, don't just say I do and the simple solution it's create something that's going to make someone go oh so what's that creating intrigue mm. but what's interesting is I think things have evolved a lot with that decade plus of time yes. and we don't want to confuse things we don't want to make things difficult people do want the simple answer mm. and that is being able to say what you do succinctly without trying making them have to ask three or four more questions yes. to work out what the hell it is you do and don't forget in a networking scenario, there is a requirement to be polite, right? <laughs> There's a requirement to go, oh, so what does that mean? Yeah. But then you try and implant that same approach into an online environment where you are beating somebody's scroll. Like the yes. art fighting against that scrolling finger. You're fighting against funny cat videos and Donald Trump memes, right? <laughs> and so, you know, if you go, if you say something really clever and you're hoping this will create some kind of intrigue and get people to go, ooh, what's that? 
they don't care. They don't have time to be in like intrigued or curious because it's just like, meh, don't care, meh, don't care. Yeah. Like it's, and it's not that people are like, oh, I don't care about that. It's just indifference. Yeah. You haven't given them anything that will actually make them care and make them go, oh, actually that's what I need. Mm. You know, I do need somebody to help me with my sleep, not a restful rejuvenation, whatever, you know. Don't the thing is don't make it hard for your people to figure it out because they don't want to take on that that work. You know, that's you're you're putting the burden on them to figure out whether you might be what they need. You need to make that as simple as you possibly can. And so I would much rather you say, you know, I'm a sleep coach or I help people sleep better than anything that's fancier than that, because that's just that's simple and they go, Oh, I get it, and I need that, right? It's such a nice, simple um, example, you know, mm. the sleep rejuvenation, blah, blah. It's like I help people sleep. But yes, I want you. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Awesome. I love it. Thank you. Um, and then the third one would be, uh, again, a struggle of high-performance women is we often try to cram too much in, you know. I... <laughs> I'm often asked, like, how do I convey the brilliance of what I do in, like, one statement? And my answer is, well, you can't. Like, you you can't capture everything that you do and put it into one single statement and have it make sense for people and have them want it. So really you've got to stop trying to cram everything in, stop trying to put all of your ideas into one Facebook post and all of the things you can possibly help people with. Because when you overstuff things, it it just adds to that confusion. It takes away that clarity. And again, you're making it so much harder work and we just get bored. Like when you're reading things, how many posts do you start to read and you just go like, and you just tune out and onto the next thing. So many. If, if, you're, if you're cramming too much in, you're not winning anyway. And this is where our egos kick in because I often ask people, like, just focus on one thing, like convey one message or one point, and particularly when you're trying to describe what you do, and this is where niche comes in, lead with one thing. By me deciding that I was going to focus on messaging as my speciality, all of a sudden people went, oh, well, actually that's exactly what I need. Yeah. And there was real ego issues involved for me in just cutting it back to that one thing. I'm like, but actually I can help you with this and this and this and well, they're not going to know all the other things I can possibly do. But the thing is they're not going to know that anyway because you yeah. shoving it all in is making it too hard and too noisy for them to comprehend. Whereas if you lead with one thing, with one idea at a time, people go, oh, that makes sense. I should talk to you. And we open that dialogue and conversation and I can say, oh, by the way, you know, you came into my restaurant based on the specials board that I have out the front, but hey, I've actually got an all-you-can-eat buffet here. So come help yourself to everything else that I can help you with. So true. I love that. Stop overstuffing. Mm. Yes. Overstuffed for so long in so many ways, (laughs) including food-wise, but I love the whole buffet analogy. (laughs) Absolutely spot on. Okay, three tips of absolute gold there, and I'm sure there's lots of nodding heads and people kind of, and oh, my God, I've done that for how many years. (laughs) If somebody's listening to this right now and they're nodding their head because, you know, they're struggling to write really engaging copy, their messaging is off point, um, they're fed up with the tumbleweed that's rolling when they pop a Facebook promo up, for Mm -hmm. example, and they think what they've got is awesome on offer, but there's little to no engagement. What's one thing that you would recommend that they focus on right now that's going to help them improve their messaging quickly? 
Um, well, I'll give you two because the first oh. one kind of links in with my earlier point about one of the mistakes a lot of people make is leading with their solution. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is really, and it's often I'll have this conversation with 99.9% of my clients is that we need to focus on that problem. So let's take what it is that you do, but let's figure out what is the problem that they are experiencing that requires this as being the answer, because you've got to meet them where they're at. Okay. You've got to meet them with what's going on for them, not what you think is going on for them. Mm. Because, you know, there would be a lot of people, I'll go back to the weight loss example, there would be a lot of people that just go, oh, you know, but it's not about diet, it's not about exercise, it's really about your mindset, it's about, you know, figuring out, you know, what's stopping you from from losing this weight. Great, but that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for a mindset coach. They're not looking for, they're, they're just, their problem is I'm fat, I can't fit in my jeans anymore, I'm so embarrassed. Like that is where they're at right now. And if you're over here going, hey, come over here, like because I've got the solution for you, they're not hearing that because they're just too focused on their problem. So you've really got to point, well, you've got to meet them where they're at and then bring them on that journey across to where you can actually really help them. But there's, there's a bit of an education piece in there as well. You just, you have to meet them where they're at. So that would be um, the first point. And then the second point that can really help people connect in with that is really great messaging happens when you can join the conversation that they're already having in their head. Mm. So when you can think about what is this problem that they're experiencing, you need to tap into what's the conversation that would be going on in their head. You know, what are they lying awake thinking? And if you can use your messaging to actually speak to that and just say, have you ever found yourself lying awake at night thinking blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh my God, that is the exact conversation I had with myself last night. Yeah. All of a sudden they're just like, oh, like they're just leaning in. You've, you've captured their attention. Like, how did you know that? Mm. And there's this automatic assumption that, man, if you know that, because I've never said that to anybody. And if you know that for me, then you, you've got to know what to do next. Like we just make yeah. that, that leap that you must have the answer. If you know what's going on up here, you know, I, I want to know what you've got to say about that. Absolutely. Absolute goal because there is prick up, their eyes open, they want to hear more. Mm. You're then the expert because they believe that you understand the problems that they're going through. And I think so, I mean, you know, this is your guru space, but I think so many people, coaches and consultants really fall foul of that because they're not thinking about what is going on inside that person's head at the time. They're thinking about their coachy language and the things that they've learned and the delivery and the logistics. And that's what they're talking about instead of the pain points that people are laying in bed as you know asleep awake at night worrying about and and no disrespect if this is your work but you know sometimes people will talk I'll go so why would I buy your program right like tell me some of the things that I'm going to get out of it it's like okay well we're going to start by figuring out like your vision and your mission and your values and I'm like okay stop (laughs) because that is probably an essential part of the work that you'll do with that person. But nobody is lying awake at night going, oh man, if I could just figure out my mission and my vision and values, then I would finally figure out, like, that's not the conversation that's going on in their head. So that's what you think they need. That's not what they think they need. And so you've got to speak to what they think is actually going to make the difference and put it in language that is going to make them care because you're addressing the exact problem that is keeping them up at night. 
Exactly. And I'm like, I'm smiling and internally kind of cringing as well, because for so many years, that was me. Like it's been a long time now, but making that shift over in that messaging is a big difference. Um, And yeah, I'm just cringing because I've done, you know, and I, I say that with so much love and real tongue-in-cheek. Like I'm, I'm a bit blunt, but I also like to kind of poke a little bit of fun and, and you know, have fun of some of the silliness of, of what we do because we just don't know better. And if you've come out of coaching school and you've been taught, you know, first thing was you've got to do this, first thing, second thing this, second, third thing this, you just think that that's what you need to tell your people. But they don't give a shit about the process. They mm-hmm. just want to know this is my problem and this is what I want to have instead. Are you the right person to get me there? how you do it is so irrelevant to a lot of those people. They just want to know that you're the right person who can get them from point A to point B. Exactly. Now I know that there's going to be bucket loads of our listeners and watchers right now nodding. And just as I have done, you know, following your journey and what you do now, loving, literally loving everything that you produce now, there's going to be a lot of people wanting more. So if you're listening to this or watching this and you're thinking, yep, my messaging needs a big fat overhaul. I am making all the mistakes that Mel's talking about and I really need to stop doing that right now. Just first of all, know that you're not alone. I have been exactly where Mel was talking about you know, I was there for years in the early stages of my business, but that doesn't mean that you need to languish there either, right? (laughs) So I'm super stoked that I strong-armed Mel in the schoolyard and asked if she would run a Shine Masterclass for us, and she said yes. And uh, so thank you very, very much for doing that. So (laughs) she's coming on this month, and it doesn't matter when you listen to this podcast because you can listen to a recording at the Masterclass too, and she's going to take us through how to write a killer promo post that sells your offers like hot cakes, which uh, having done some of Mel's work already, let me tell you the amount that this lady's going to pack into an hour, you are going to want to lap it up. So this is what you're going to learn in this masterclass and the link to join it will be in the show notes, which I'll talk to you about in a moment. So the first thing we're going to look at is the number one reason why promo posts totally flop and God knows I've had enough of those and the simple tweaks you can make to bring them back to life and resurrect them. Exactly how to structure your post to pull your ideal clients in and have them reading every word. So stopping that scrolling and then what to include and what not to include in your pl- in your post, sorry, to get them clicking by now. Uh, so I'm sure that there are many nodding heads going, yep, I want that. So all you need to do is head over to the show notes, which is at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 33. And there will be a link there and more information on the masterclass for you to join Shine. All you need to do is jump on board, join Shine, and you'll get all the details of how you can come and listen to Mel's Masterclass Live or the recording if you're not free. So I'm super stoked about that one because I've seen your work and those are three juicy quick bullet points, but I reckon there's going to be a shitload of stuff in that Masterclass that's going to leave people going away and actually be able to create a social media post that actually gets some traction, Mm. right? Yeah, it makes such a difference. Like when you actually put something out there and people will go, oh, actually, that's, I need that. And you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> and that's going to be the main, the main focus of that masterclass is how do we say the right things that will get your people saying, oh my God, I need that and get them then clicking join or buy or download whatever it needs to be. Exactly. And, you know, I'm friends with Mel. And so I see the posts that she puts up in Facebook groups, for example, and the traction and engagement that she gets, like she walks her walk or walks her talk or whatever that bloody phrase is that I get wrong every time. (laughs) She's there doing it. So uh, you really need to get yourself on this masterclass. If your posts aren't getting traction and engagement, then you need this lady's advice. So moving on, last question, because I unfortunately haven't got 
to spend all day with you and I wish I could. <laughs> is there a quote or a mantra that has really inspired you over the years in your business that you'd happy to share with us? And I'd love to know what effect that's had on you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have had this one quote that has just stuck with me over the years. And when I, you know, Faith sent me a question ahead of time and I, I put my answer into this one, then I went, oh, wow. It, it just really sat with, isn't it funny that this quote has stuck with me and now this has become my life? So the quote is, I think it was Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. that said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. Mm. And as I was reflecting on my journey and, you know, how I got here and the evolution and all that kind of thing, I was like, wow, I've actually, even though that mantra has been in my life for many years, I didn't realize how closely I had lived by that. Yet so many times I haven't known if this was going to work. I haven't known if this was the right path to choose. I I have never, ever seen the whole staircase, but just taking that first step and just trusting that's going to be like the, the right steps are going to unfold in front of you. So I'm, I, I got a little bit emotional when I, when I connected with that quote again, I'm like, wow, actually that has served me so well. I think, you know, often we just, we need, we feel this need to, I've got to know exactly what's going to happen, but you don't just, yeah, you don't have to see the whole staircase just that ties in with so many things we've talked about today because I think what I hear when, well, first of all, my instinct, instinctive reaction was, you know, I'm a planner, so I do like to see more steps, but mm. I don't necessarily have them all mapped out. But mm. in hearing you talk about that, I think that that gives you this nice level of permission to, you know, we talked about at the start, you're running your own race and finding the way that you're doing it yeah. and not being drawn into got to have all the steps mapped out and got to follow them and God, what happens if you go off track and, you know, you, you go somewhere different to where you thought and also the power of progress over perfection of just being able to take that next step not having to get it right but just keep making that consistent progress and what a difference that can make in your business yeah yeah and and not feeling locked into a particular approach like when I first decided all right I'm going to focus in on messaging because I'm not getting traction I need to choose a specialty I'm going to go with messaging because this feels really good it's what I think is my biggest strength I at that point was not the prominent expert in my field. I knew enough that I felt like I could really help people. And I didn't know if it was going to be the thing that I would stick with for five, 10 years. I still don't know if it is, but it just felt right. And I just started going down that path and then everything unfolded. And the more I talked about it, the more I realized I knew, the more I honed my own skills. And, you know, it's just, you've just got to start. You, You can't possibly see the whole journey and you don't know whether it's going to be the forever path, but if you just start on it, it's like you can only course correct when you're in motion. Oh, yes. I like that. There you go. That's like another quote or mantra you've just oh. given us. <laughs> and it's worked brilliantly oh, no. for you. Yeah, I know. Firing all cylinders, giving us so much gold. It's worked brilliantly for you because absolutely on point. And then that's why I know now what you do because of that transition. And you're speaking at Tash Corbin's heart-centered conference next year, aren't you? And it just all seems to be coming beautifully into place now. Absolutely. And, you know, it just... I might not stay on this path. There might be, you know, two years down the track. I know mindset has been a big hurdle for me over the years and I've never felt like that I was expert enough to really speak to that. But maybe that's part of my journey. That's the thing. Like these pitfalls happen to us for certain reasons and that might form part of my future or something else that I haven't realised might. And it's that's okay. Just, you know, let it unfold and, and away you go. 
I could completely see you going down the mindset path. I think some of the things that they beautifully <laughs> articulated. Yeah, I will watch this space and uh, with bated breath. All right, now. <laughs> don't hold me to that. I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on video and on podcast now, so it's going to happen, right? <laughs> the beauty of accountability and putting it out there into the universe. Now, I know that our listeners are going to want to know a lot more about you. So, first up, um, you can all head over to the show notes where you will get links to all of the beautiful places that Mel hangs out. So, all you need to do is go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 33 and everything that we've talked about along with the show notes and recording are going to be there so that keeps it super simple for you um, but if you want to jump over and get some goodness from Mel right now very directly go over to Melinda Keto which is K-I-T-T-O dot com and she's Melinda Keto Biz on Facebook and Melinda Keto on Instagram I always say Keto because I'm English and it just sounds odd but it's not it's keto isn't it yeah it's a weird name I'm just, yeah right. i'm getting it wrong anyway but what <laughs> i want to share with our listeners because i know that they're going to want to grab this is you have this wonderful freebie which is well worth going to get and it's all about how you can write killer headlines and juicy bullet points quickly right can you tell us yeah. a bit more about that yeah absolutely so you know, we're in this content creation age where, you know, we've, we've got to write all these blogs and make all these videos and all this sort of stuff and, and create offers as well. And the thing is we pour so much time and energy into this content and unless people are actually clicking on it, they're not getting to see your brilliance. And so this freebie is all about how do you craft a really killer headline that's going to stop the scroll and get them going, oh, I need to click more. I need to click on that. I need to watch that video. I need to download that freebie. So it's you get 15 simple formulas to craft really killer headlines and those sexy bullet points that just really sell your offer. But the cool part about this freebie, it's, it's my absolute favorite because you don't just get the formulas, but the freebie actually teaches you how to pull out the language to plug into those formulas because you can have a great formula, but if you don't know how to articulate what you do, you're going to end up with a crappy result. So this actually helps you pull out what that language could be so that when you plug it into the formula, it sounds super sexy and like stops the scroll and gets people clicking on your content. Oh, everyone's going, yes, give it to me right now because (laughs) I can't tell you how many hours, probably days of my life I've wasted sitting there going, okay, I've got this great stuff. Now what the hell am I going to write in that subject line? I don't know what to put in that post. And you think you find something and, you know, if it doesn't grab the attention, then all of the other good stuff you've got doesn't get read anyway. Exactly. So I love it. I know a lot of people really, really struggle. You know, for most of us, we're not wordsmiths to really struggle to get those headlines together. Mm. And then I don't know, I'm sure that a lot of people have done this. They might have a bank of you know, different folders in their email where they save emails from people that they, you know, whose emails they love reading. And then I would go through those lists and look at the headlines and try and get a gauge of what do I need to write to sound like that? Yeah. And it's not learning the formula. It's just trying to use what someone else has done and put it in your own way. Whereas what you're doing is actually teaching, teaching people how to do it. Yeah. Which yeah. Is and powerful. You know, when, when you read out the details of the masterclass before and you were reading out the bullet points of what people are going to get, that's the stuff that makes people really want it. And we're going to talk about that more in the masterclass as well as like how to actually craft those statements that capture the brilliance of what you do in a way that makes people go, oh man, I've got to get to that masterclass. That's exactly what I need. And this freebie will help you do that as well. It just helps you to find what that language needs to be to make your thing sound desirable. 
Perfect. Thank you very much. So all you need to do to get your hands on that beautiful download is to go over to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 33 and you can go and grab it there. Just scroll down to the links and you'll see all of Mel's stuff there with a nice big promo on. Click here, grab this freebie now and you can uh, go and do that. Okay. So before we wrap up, Mel, is there anything that you want to leave us with? Anything we haven't covered? Uh, Just, you know, squeezing that sponge dry and getting the last drips out. Anything else you'd like to say? I think it's just, you know, cut yourself some slack when it comes to this messaging piece. I think that people really, when we talk about it, I think people really start to recognize, oh yeah, this is what I really suck in with my business. (laughs) But honestly, it's, it's not a huge leap to go from feeling like you suck to actually feeling like, okay, I've got some clarity. I think I know what I'm doing. So just even if you just apply those first couple of points that we shared today, that can make a really big difference. And, you know, that's a great place to start. And if you're going to pop along to the masterclass as well, we'll take it to a whole nother level of really figuring out how to actually grab that person's attention. But I bet you're a lot closer than you think. So just relax a few little tweaks and we can get you there. Oh, I love it. Oh, you know, what? I swear to God, these podcasts are self-serving because I get people on here. I really want to talk to and listen to, and then they go away from the podcast, super inspired and pumped. And it's like, you know, my own kind of coaching counseling session of, yeah, I'm really excited now. And I completely feel like that from having you on the podcast so thank you so much for your time for the effort that you put into answering these questions and everything you've shared you've definitely not held back and I know that there are going to be lots of nodding heads and people resonating with everything that you've talked about and my faux pas that I've shared and uh, lots of excitement about the masterclass that you're going to be running so Mel thank you heaps looking forward to strong arming you into various (laughs) other things in the schoolyard but thank you so much for being here today I really appreciate it thanks Faye it's been awesome my pleasure so listeners if you have enjoyed this episode and you are loving what Mel and I have had to talk about today, pretty please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hang out some more, all you need to do is head over to Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can find lots of biz building goodness over at the website, busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to Mel and I. We love it. We appreciate you being here. I'm going to be back again very, very soon with lots more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, you've been listening to Melinda Kitto and Faye Hollands on the Busy Business Women podcast.